OTB GAA. And all of a sudden, you know, Kerry are totally up. They never, ever got a chance to build again after they got a score. And that was down to Cluxon and the movement outside. Subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball. Big, big game this weekend um, in Camogie. They take over the entire GA narrative, hopefully. But I'd say Chloe Mori is with us. Chloe, good morning to you. How are you? Hey, lads. How's it going? Good, thanks. Um, one of the things about the the microwave season is that everything gets a bit telescoped. Uh, as a Camogie player slash fan slash supporter, how do you feel the season has been covered in somewhat of the shadow of the big games that have been coming thick and fast? Yeah, um, to be honest, I'd, I'd say the whole season's probably uh, taken over with our, you know, the GPA and kind of our protests um, throughout the championship. But uh, it's it is quite condensed. I, I suppose I'm speaking as a club player as well. There are plenty of girls who are only itching for matches as well. And I think from that point of view, uh, like we start our club championship now in the next week, so. Um, our junior players are actually in the first match of the day on Sunday. So, like, I, I, I'm looking at it from a club point of view and a county point of view. Um, there's girls going for about 10 months at a time. It's just a constant. And it's the same with all inter-county players. Um, in terms of the media coverage and stuff, it, like I said, it's it's probably, unfortunately, this year been overshadowed by the protest. But, um, uh, like, what can I say? I think, I, I think we're in store for a really good match on Sunday, or three matches even on Sunday. Um, it is hard for any journalist probably to cover the matches as they're coming between the Hurling, the football and the Camogie. Um, but look, we, we get on with it. And uh, yeah, we're, look, we're looking forward to great finds on Sunday. Um, we'll talk more maybe as the conversation goes on about the rest of the season. So let, let's preview the final. And the Waterford story is really remarkable where they've come from in the last couple of years. Uh, you would have come up against them. Have you sensed this has been brewing over the last five years or has it largely come out of nowhere? No, it probably has. I mean, Waterford have been on the up for the last number of years. Um, myself as a Clare woman and I playing with them, along them, beside them, against them, probably annoying for me. I'm quite jealous because we would have thought we were on the same trajectory as them. But to be fair, they've put in an amount of work. They have some superb players. like, um, And I think everybody except anybody in Cork is going for Waterford. Um, like they, they beat Cork the last time they played, one eighteen to one fifteen, um, Cork definitely don't like that. <laughs> so I think it's going to be a huge occasion for those in Watford. I hope that occasion doesn't take over the Watford players. Um, they have some superb players, and they probably actually play very similar to Cork. It's going to be like a very much a running game on Sunday. You'll see it's very athletic. The players that they have, both Cork and Watford. Um, we played Waterford ourselves uh, very early on in a challenge match this year, Clare, and it was feisty to say the least. But uh, we have a habit in Clare of um, beating or playing people who get to the All-Ireland final and beating them. We did the same against Kilkenny last year and they went, ended up winning it. So maybe that might be a good omen for Waterford, but um, it's class. They're going to have an amount of support. They're suggesting that it could be a record-breaking attendance for Camogie um, because of that Waterford support. So... Uh, it's going to be a huge occasion. I think there's going to be a lot more people tuned into just to see how Watford get on second time ever reaching a final. It's going to be brilliant. 
They were intermediate as recently as 2015. So obviously a huge amount of work has gone in at underage level and proper coaching and structures and everything. But as you point out, that's great. Uh, but you need the good quality players. So for people who are tuning in on Sunday, who maybe haven't seen that much of the season so far, who should we be looking out for? Um, probably someone who's going to be, should probably get player of the year or nominated for at least Beck Carton is immense. She has three All-Stars already. She's only, is she 24, 25? She'd be playing around centre forwards, but you'll see her all over the pitch. She tends to go back into the half-back line, pick it up, and she could score anywhere from probably midfield on. Um, she's the free taker as well. Beth is superb. Um, very hard to mark. You think you have her, but you definitely don't. She can shoot from anywhere. So for water, you have Beth Carton. You have probably someone who's incredibly underrated in terms of her work rate, Captain Lorraine Bray. Um, there's going to be a really good duel there between herself and Saoirse McCarthy, I feel. Saoirse McCarthy also probably a shoe in for getting nominated for player of the year. She's an immense player for Cork. Um, you have Neve Rocket, um, as the name suggests. She's incredibly fast. It just so happens... She'll also be excellent. She'll be on the wing probably for Watford, but very hard to stop when she's running. So you've Lorraine Bray, Beck, um, Neve Rocket. Their goalie, Brianna, is brilliant. Can actually take long-range frees, but superb on her puckouts as well. Um, yeah, so th- th- those are probably key players for Watford on the Cork side. Um, they have some bench to bring on. I mean, if you looked at the semi-final, they brought on Ashley Thompson, Laura Hayes, um, and they, like... Class, they've beaten Kilkenny and Galway, who probably were their bogey team the last two seasons. I think they feel a bit hurt. They probably feel people haven't given them a chance all year, which is funny for Cork, but people kind of all overlooked them, seeing as some of their senior players were out, like Ashleen was out with her knee, Laura with her ankle, but they've actually come and they're probably going to peak at the right time. Um, so you have, yeah, you have Laura, Tracy as well in centre back. That would be interesting with Beth. Is she going to follow Beth back into the half back line or is she going to sit? Um, but like it's funny with Cork, any of the A players that are in the middle of the field could probably play between the half back line, half forward line midfield. Like that goes for Chloe Sigerson, that goes for Saoirse McCarthy, Laura Hayes. Um, it'll almost be like a possession game on Sunday. There won't be any positions if you're looking at it, um, because both teams play such a running game. They almost do one two. They'll pop and run, pop and run. Um, but I feel that there might be a little bit more space in the Cork full back line. I think sometimes they're there for the taking. And I say that as a city here now and I'll be watching the game from my seat, but um, I think they're going to have to figure out a way to stop Beth and especially Neve Rocket, Abby as well, in the full forward line for Watford. Um, but like, look, same goes for Watford to Cork. Like, they're going to have a huge space inside that Cork full forward line. Um, you don't know whether they're going to run it or they're going to hit it in. And you have to figure out, are we going to push up on Cork or are we going to sit back? Because you're going to have people like Chloe Sigerson who can score from out the field. Beck will be doing the same for Watford. It'll be an absolute battlefield um, in the that middle third. Chloe, is the Beth Carton situation a David Clifford situation? As in, if you nullify her, do you nullify Waterford's chances greatly? Like, just look at the semi-final. I think she had 20 possessions, eight points mm. for them from play. So, is it a case that if you can keep her quiet, you can really damage Waterford's chances? Um, you probably could, I suppose. Look, she's such a huge player. She's such a leader. Um, Beth is the type of person now, and if you were ever to talk to Beth, she'd be just laughing and joking, and she's kind of very unassuming, very quiet girl. Um, but when she plays, like she does her talking on the pitch, she's immense for Watford. Um, I think Watford, while they do have that balance, I think like if you're going to, if you see your star player kind of, I suppose, as you say, be nullified, um, whether that be by Laura Tracy, Laura Hayes or Saoirse McCarthy, I assume one of them might pick her up. Um, 
you're kind of thinking, you know, it's up to someone else now to try, you know, get those points that Beth normally would be. Um, so Cork would probably look to man-mark Beth, I assume. She does run all over the place. I think it'd be silly not to try man-mark Beth, but I do think Cork may have the people to do that. Now, if Ashley Thompson plays as well, Ashley tends to sweep up behind as well. So you could just have someone follow or shadow Beth and whatever Beth tries to do, you can try uh, read where she's going to hit it. Um, Ashley Thompson tends to do that for the half-back line if she does start. Do you expect her to start? I mean, if I had Ashley Thompson on my panel, I probably would, yeah. <laughs> uh, she's probably coming back right, just the right time. Um, now, imagine bringing Ashley Thompson on as well as a sub. And imagine having the depth in your panel to do that. I think Cork probably have a stronger bench um, than Watford. Um, like they have some brilliant young guns, Cork, that you know that are kind of up and coming this year. Like that have really shown in the senior championship. So, like um, it's probably a hard one for Matthew Toomey and his management. Do you you know play one of your best players, or do you want to try bring her on in case um, you need to settle? Because Ashton Thompson, that's what she does. She tends to settle in calm um, with the way she plays. She sweeps up ball. She's excellent at picking up people with delivery. So, I mean, I'd start her, but um, look, Corker, the master at tactics. So uh, we'll see what happens. Um, you didn't use the word chippy, but there was a sense of that. Uh, it's OK, we can we can use it. You can uh, for future um, uh, battles with them uh, like that underdog status. Go ahead, beating them three times already this year twice in the National League and once in the round robin and then they beat them in the semi-final but whatever about Waterford being overawed by the occasion there are ghosts for this Cork team to slay from last year when last puck of the ball they lost the All-Ireland final so psychologically you can see that swinging either way Oh absolutely I mean like if you talk about Waterford being obviously newcomers to this stage and maybe having those nerves Cork might feel like I feel like the pressure's on Cork because everybody just um whether rightly or wrongly, or just assuming Cork might, um, you know, go off and they could potentially wipe Waterford. Now, I don't think that's going to happen at all. I think if Waterford can keep calm and ride out any storm that Cork will bring, Cork come in waves. And if you can capitalise then on sometimes when they're trying to figure out what you're doing, which they do sometimes, um, that's where Waterford can capitalise. I think Cork do have maybe a little bit of pressure on them because they probably assume that, now they might think it in camp, but that they are favourites. They will have some... I suppose uh, from beating sorry from beating Kilkenny and Cork, um, they'll take that positively going into the final. But they haven't won since 2018, and down in Cork, that's probably seen as a drought. So they'll feel like there's a little bit of pressure on them. Um, look, they're used to playing Crow Park though, and when you're in Crow Park, huge expansive field. If you're new coming a newcomer to that, like Watford, it almost takes your breath away for the first few minutes, and you're trying to catch your breath. Where those are things that you know, Cork could capitalise on. Is it encouraging from water Waterford perspective, Chloe, in terms of dealing with the occasion, the semi-final performance in the desperate conditions, like they go 1-7 to 3 points down, I think it was, to, to Tipperary, which is difficult in those sort of conditions to be 7 points back. Uh, but then they come back and they find their rhythm. And, and even later on, there's a lovely moment where um, Leisha Forrest, she's only 18, and she makes an unbelievable block from Cueva McCarthy to kind of almost secure the game and, and, and get them over the line by a single point. So, do those little moments and, and that, I guess, comeback from Waterford in the semi-final hint at maybe being able to deal with this occasion? Absolutely, I hope so. I, I really do hope so because I actually think if Waterford stay, like, not even stay in it, but just keep toe-to-toe with Cork and I really think they should go toe-to-toe with Cork. You're going to have a... You, I, I think anything could happen then. 
um they're really resilient they really are and they're very physical they they with the knocks and the tackles that you get in those rocks um you know it would almost twinge you from playing against them and they are so athletic especially coming out the back uh, the the back they pop and pass pop and pass um yeah i think they're incredibly resilient like they've already beaten cork they beat probably what a lot of people were considering tipperary to go on to the final potentially win it this is probably tips one of their best teams in a while that had most people available to them like they beat them and they beat them by a point as well. Um, I think there's a huge resilience in Watford and I hope, I really hope they go toe-to-toe with Cork and I just hope that the occasion doesn't um, overawe them, as you say, because I actually think if it comes down to the close in, you know, 10, 10 minutes, that 16th person up in Crow Park stands, I think there'd be a huge Watford support. I think that could help them greatly. And it's been mentioned by every team they've played, the support um, of Watford Camogie that they bring with them. Um, so I think if it comes, if they can really go toe to toe them, keep their heads, um, anything could happen on Sunday. The good thing from Waterford's perspective is even if they're getting blown out in the first half, they were getting blown out in the first half against Tipperary and they managed to come back. So, like mm. that, you know, you don't want to be one seven to three points down after twenty five minutes, like that they were in the semi final. But being able to claw your way out of that is a real sign of a team that has resilience and maybe had some nerves in the semi final. And if you're the management. You're you're walking them through. Okay, this is what's going to happen. This is how the the anthem is going to be. It's going to be loud. It's going to be a completely different atmosphere from anything you've ever experienced in your life. But actually, we've been through worse than this. Absolutely, no. Like, and I think you have to draw on those experiences. And certainly, as a player, like you, you know, listen. Every team now has their sports psychologist, their management, and is literally drawing that confidence um, and instilling that in the players that you've probably been through worse. You've like you've already done what you're supposed to, in terms of like you've already beaten Cork, you've already beaten favourites to get here. Like now you're on a stage where you know you have which will suit Watford as well a a big pitch um, because they are a very athletic team um, and I think people will see that if they watch the game on Sunday it'll, it's kind of like for like Cork and Watford but um, yeah no they're look they're incredibly resilient as I said as a Camogie supporter watching I do hope they go toe to toe. Um, I think they're a little bit more physical than Cork, so um, if they can keep with them, they might knock uh, the wind out of their sails a little bit. And I think there's goals for the taking against Cork. Uh, Galway scored two in the semi-final. Cork didn't score any. Um, so I think, uh, and it's noted that Watford can put away one or two themselves. So uh, it's going to be good. I think that's an important point as well, Chloe, on the goals, isn't it? Like those couple mm. of couple of Cheval McGrath goals in the in the semi final. I think the second one was was uh, yeah, Amy Lee obviously drops the ball and kind of a a messy goal to concede from a Cork perspective. But that's something that Waterford can really really target because and you can target it. it it's one of those things, isn't it? Mm. That that sometimes people say, how can how can a team target goals? Of course they want to score a goal if they get a chance they'll take it. But Galway even got chances before those before that first Cheval McGrath yeah. goal. They, they were getting in for. For different chances, so as you say, Cork certainly let up goal chances. Yeah, look, as I said, um, I think the Cork full back line. I think they do need that cover from the half back line. But if the half back line have to push out with the half forward line for Watford, which they will do, um, there'll be there'll be an awful lot of space there. They're very pacey inside. Um, so yeah, look, it's, there are definitely goals there uh, for for the taking for Watford. Um, be great if there was a few goals on a Sunday, a nice spectacle, but. Like it always comes down a lot of time with freeze as well in Camogie, um, whether that's a good or a bad thing. Hopefully, please God, the referee lets it play on Sunday um, and lets it be the physical and athletic contest it's going to hopefully be. Um, but I think that's a 
big point as well. Beth is superb on her freeze and Cork throughout the championship have been kind of going between free takers. Now they have loads of people that can take freeze, but it's about finding that one person who's, you know, uh, consistently ta- um, able to take them. So that could be a big thing it comes down to as well, just the consistency of the free taking on um, Sunday. But look, hopefully the ref lets it play um, and we get a really good camogie after Sunday. It's obviously a, a triple header, as you said. So five o'clock in Croker is the senior final. You've got Meath and Derry at 2.45 in the intermediate and the junior is 12.50, Clare against Tip. Uh, does it bring back memories for you as well, Chloe? I know you were... If you go back to the 2008 All Ireland Junior Final, mm. Claire Offaly, you're 15 years of age. Like that must have been <laughs> mental. Yeah, I was gawking out my mouth at the stand, and I was taken off after 22 minutes because I was looking up to see where my dad was and my mother. Um, but I, I was, geez, I was so thankful for the experience. Uh, yeah, it was 2008 since Claire got there. Um, there were women there I played with that are like icons of Claire Camogie. And after winning that, I think it was Sean and I who got that last minute goal. Um, I've never experienced anything like it. The support we got, even when we came down to Clare. Um, I can't remember, was I in my junior shirt year just about, or I think I was just going into the junior shirt. Um, so I was in St. Cames at the time. Um, there was, it was madness. It was, it was brilliant. But uh, yeah, look, I hope, like we've been training, we've gone about new ways here in Clare. We, we're trying, the, the seniors and the juniors train together. Um, I suppose we're trying to change the way things are done here. So I've played with all those girls this year, and honestly, there's some girls there, the stalwarts, that I really do hope they come out with a win on um, Sunday. We've such experience in the back, and we have girls. We've really pacey forwards. I was trying to follow them around throughout the year, <laughs> but to no avail. They're excellent, excellent players, and I think probably there is definitely probably three or four that could have played for us this year, I suppose. And, you know, we have that conundrum here at the minute where you're almost, you know, Robin, you know, Paul to play Peter, whatever that saying is, in terms of we could have had players for senior this year, but trying to make sure are we blooding them the right way. Um, but look, it, it's come out trumps. They're in a final now. Um, I hope I I hope they do it. They deserve it. There's a huge, um, huge effort gone into getting these girls into the final. So... Um, I hope they do it against Tip. It'll be that'll be a good match as well. Tip are young themselves; they do have some experience. Um, but I think look, I can only go for a clear win there. <laughs> I wouldn't be a great pundit. Um, but then Derry and Mead that'll be an excellent game as well. It's been tit for tat with them. Um, Derry incredibly physical as all Northern teams are. They are incredibly resilient as well. I think Mead. Um, they've had probably a tougher run to the final. They're very athletic, excellent hurlers, actually. Um, great stick women, and um, I probably tip maybe me for that one. Um, I, I was just looking it up there. The Waterford beat Kildare in 2015 in the intermediate final, mm. and Beth Carton was playing. She must have been a similar age when to you yeah. when you were winning the junior. Uh, when she won the Player of the Month award in April, it was almost exactly the same week that Kildare pulled out of the intermediate championship this year. So you can see that the difference between something that's being well run in the county and something that's not being well run in the county, the divergent paths. Like, there's no better example of two teams who were exactly on the same path. Now, granted, uh, it was 2-9 mm-hmm. to 1-5, so it was a fairly clear-cut win for Waterford in the day. To a team who were in an All-Ireland final, hopefully bringing a record crowd, versus a county that can't even feel properly. Um, and I think maybe that's at the heart of the integration and the charter and like that's maybe the most clear cut example for people who are wondering why why was the championship played under protest this year with stuff like that presumably yeah no exactly and 
uh, I think it's very important to bring those issues to light because sometimes we tend to sugarcoat things. I think with women's sports, like, oh, look, isn't it great? This is happening. This is happening. We're going to get a record breaking attendance. And all those things are excellent. And to be fair, to be fair to both the ladies Gaelic football, the Camogie and the GA, this year they decided at some point after protesting, they decided, look, it's going to be for the betterment of the game if we can meet and talk about this charter. And they did eventually, to be fair to them. So, I mean, there's, you know, an excellent thing. And, and as a player, for them to have listened to just our concerns about that is excellent. But, you know, we can't go without that fact that Kildare and Watford were pretty much on the same level pegging. And as you said, putting efficient resources, I think that's important, efficiently putting resources into something, you can see it's come up amazingly well for Watford. And unfortunately for those who play Camogie and Kildare, they're probably going to be watching Sunday going like, you know, is anybody looking at this? Is There's a huge issue here. There's been problems like we need to, as you say, integration or there needs to be. And I think there is a proper view. I think Liam Sheedy's actually heading it up as well about what actually has happened and what are we going to do about it? But um, yeah, I think that's look, that's an important point to note for people who are maybe just about to get into Camogie or just watched on Sunday. Um, you can't sugarcoat things all the time and sometimes things have to be dealt with. Um and passing off responsibility all the time and it's your fault it's your fault it's this person's like everybody has to come together there's normally whoever plays camogie you're into camogie uh, there's solutions everyone wants solution nobody's just giving out for the sake of giving out that's what i'd always say so if someone has an issue you need to try to deal with it um so um i hope that review can see have a look at Watford and go well where have we gone wrong from here and i think there's lots of other teams in that position as well um Lots of sugarcoating going on. So, um, look, hopefully we know integration is years away. I understand it, a huge process, but I think there's loads of little steps you can do. We have the one club model. Yeah, um, yeah there's loads of different things we do. So, look, hopefully yeah. um, people, yeah. But uh, there is, there is. it could be years away or it could be really quick if everybody just decided they were going to make it really quick. Like, that's the other side of this yeah. that... Um, not to sugarcoat it, I think that's exactly what, what should happen anyway. No, I was just being politically correct. If I if I could, yeah, like I would love if it could happen as soon as possible. I mean, I, you know, there's people saying this has to happen, that has to happen. Fine. I actually think the you the biggest problem is a mindset change between those um, traditionally maybe within who think camogie should be itself and GA should be itself and ladies gay, like football, we should all just worry about ourselves. There's a mindset there. Like it's a cultural mindset about well, why are they getting that and what, how are they making this or what are they? Listen, I think uh, that's my field ball. That's what that mm. is. That's my field ball. That's what it is. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, no, yeah, you yeah. can't have hot showers. I'm sorry, no. So then the then the under sixteen boys won't have hot showers. Like, come on, come on, come on. Yeah, no. There's a there's a mindset change that needs to happen across all of sports. I think in terms definitely in terms of GA, and um, we're all the one family. We're everybody's working together to create something that is completely unique in the world. Um, isn't that enough? How do we all do that together? And there's your, that's it. There's no argument after that in my head anyway. Chloe, great stuff. We'll definitely come back to this. Thanks a million. Thanks very much, lads. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball.